everybody back to the basement bench. And uh, this week, we watched Ender's Game. And my name is Harrison. My name is Kelton. And I am Kate. And this week's going to be a little different. We're in a real hurry because Kate's got to get out of here. He's got an appointment he's got to go to. And Kelton came to for like the last 15 minutes of the movie because his car broke down. So it's just going to be a little different. We're going to be a little quick with it. Uh, so we'll just immediately start with our spoiler wall, uh, which is one minute of spoiler-free thoughts um, about the film. And then at the end of that minute, if we would recommend it. So, Cage, you got that timer for us? I do have it. Okay. Colin, do you want do you want to do a spoiler wall? Um, I'll say what I thought. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. Since this, this is the movie I suggested. You got it? Go for it. All right. Uh... I love these, these books. I've read them a lot. I just barely recently reread the whole Ender slash Speaker saga. Uh, and I forgot how much I really love the movie. If you've read the books, don't expect the movie to be like the book, but expect it to be faithful to it. It's a really, really good adaptation, actually. Like, it it knows what to follow and what to cut out and what to change in a way that it works for the movie. Um, it's much faster paced than the book, but still really enjoyable. As just a plain movie, if you haven't read the book, it's really great. It's fun to enjoy. It's fun to follow. The CGI is amazing. The music is amazing. The story is fun. I mean, it's just a good sci-fi movie. Just just a good action blockbuster sci-fi movie. It's a ton of fun. Um, and honestly, going into it, I was like, oh, yeah, Ender's Game. Like, last week was such a high point with Edge of Tomorrow. Like, Ender's Game, how good can that be? Like, as much as I love it. And then I was just like, yeah, all right. It will be good, but not great. And then... I was pleasantly surprised by how good the movie was and if I enjoyed it. So would I recommend it? Yeah, I actually really would recommend it. It gets a lot of bad rap, but I think it deserve, deserves a watch. All right. Okay, here's my spoiler wall. This movie, so my perspective, I didn't, re- I didn't, I haven't read the books. I know the basic, the basic story or the gist of what happens and the basic subject and stuff. Um... It's a very serious movie, and but it's it's got so much. It has a lot of tech, technical and strategy. It's a strategic movie that's got a bunch of kids in it, which is hard to catch on because how the how are these kids so like such geniuses. But um, I understood what the movie was about, so that didn't bother me. Um, it's it makes you kind of think and you have to understand um, the backstory of the movie in order to enjoy it, I feel like. So would I suggest this to a selected few? But I say it was, it was a good movie though. But I would suggest this to only a few people who would really want to dive in and, and enjoy this sort of strategic movie. Yeah, that's true. People who like this type of sci-fi movie. Alright, set that timer, dude. Okay, my one minute. Spoiler wall. So, like, on the 15 minutes I watched, like, I read the fir- I've read the first book, Ender's Game, and based on what I saw in the movie, it pretty much lived up to the book, and generally you can never go wrong with that. I mean, I've read books, and the movie is, like, completely trash, and, like, almost make- like ruins the entire book series for you because it's so bad. Freaking lightning thief dude i'm still butthurt about that <laughs> but like the point is i think this did a good job based on like the little man i saw so if you enjoyed the book you're gonna enjoy the movie i mean i did it was still like in the last 15 minutes there's some sweet cgi and like the awesome 
just awesome fight scenes and stuff. So, um, yeah, if you like Ender's Game and you've enjoyed the books, go watch this. I mean, I've watched enough where I want to watch the whole rest of the movie now just based off of, like, what I've seen because it'd be cool to just kind of get the full story because I don't remember everything. But, yeah, seems like a good movie. Okay, so thanks, everybody, for listening to The Spoil Wall. If you haven't gone to see the movie and you feel like you're in the, that, that type of sci-fi, space, battles-type movie that's kind of heavy, go enjoy it, uh, have fun with it, and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Everybody else, we're just going to continue with our regu- regular scheduled program, but it's going to be very rushed because Kate's got to get out of here. So, so bear with us. Yeah, yeah, it, this is going to be quick. Which we forgot to announce, so I guess I'll just edit it and put it in the announcements. In our preparation for what's coming after the MCU, if you guys could tweet at us at Binge Basement, tweet at us your top 10 favorite movies. It could just be like a screenshot of your letterbox. If you're lazy, just do your favorites, but, but come on, make a top 10 list and send it to <laughs> us. On, send it, guys. Tweet at us. We would love that. At Binge Basement on Twitter, your top 10 in letterboxed. We'd love that. Appreciate it. So. All right, that brings us to our next segment, which is two cents. We have two minutes to talk about what we think about the movie. So I'll start. Just give me like 30 seconds, to be honest. Cause... Okay. <laughs> you are on. All right, the CGI was sick. That final battle scene, I didn't remember exactly like detail for detail, but it was a ton of fun to watch. Just all like how it, you, I legit felt like it was really intense and really cool to watch. You could see like the desperation of the kids and stuff. Which the kids make... I don't like kid actors, so that's like a little hard for me to watch. But overall, the final battle was sweet. I totally enjoyed that. And I think they did a really good job of showing like the emotion that comes from battle and then like the manipulation that led Ender to like realize he just like committed genocide. So, way cool. All right. That was just 30 cents. <laughs> that, was that, was, that was your three... I don't know what's... What's... What, uh, what is that? A quarter cent? Yeah. Uh, a quarter, <laughs> it's a one cent. Half, that's a half. That's my half cent. Yeah, half cent. There we go. Okay. All right. Let's do this. I'll go next. So this movie. So. The plot is good. No, it's that does that. There's no sense of humor in this movie. There maybe I think this might, might be a, it's a few laughs with throughout the movie that you could probably count on one hand, but it's it's a solid story that makes you want to think, makes you, and like makes you want to kind of pick the brain of Ender who is the main protagonist in this movie, who is just a super genius kid, and he's just so smart. And if you do want to pick your pick Ender's game, Ender's brain about like how he thinks and stuff, go watch the go read the book because it really dives into like what he thinks and all this stratagem because there's a point where he's at battle school being trained to fight and there's like maybe three scenes in the movie, but in the book it goes so much more into that. It's like he's there for a couple of years, correct? And then he goes to command school, and he's there for a few years too. And so it's there's so much depth, and it builds and stuff. And um, and so with this movie, they had they had a whole lot of curriculum, and had to kind of scrunch it down. And they did really well with it, honestly. They created a story that they can they can be able to show in theaters, unlike other movies where they've tried to, tried to use books to have have that as a curriculum, like Aragon and. Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief, they just, it crashed and burned so hard. It was awful. Those are awful movies. Maybe we can do that for Binge the Cringe, try to to protect those or defend that, but this movie did well on its own. This movie had 
cinematography and the soundtrack was really good. It was really good. Underrated, honestly. Like, I want to go listen to it on my own. You know, it's really good. And so I enjoyed this all the way. And I want to watch it again because this is, it's been kind of a long day and I'm running around a lot. So I was kind of fading at the very end. But I enjoyed this movie. It was good. All right. Throw my two minutes. Okay. So uh, first and foremost, this movie is an adaptation. It is not 100% like the book. If you want the story of the book, read the book. <laughs> if you want a good movie version of it, watch the movie. Like the, the time in battle school is way faster. It also props to Gavin Hood, the director and writer of it, to know what to include from the book, what to cut out, like P- the things that happen with Peter and Valentine. I don't want to spoil the book for anybody, but like that would just make no sense. It would be really confusing in the movie, so they just cut it out. Um, and there's things that are sped up that make sense in a movie. And I, I feel like, like when I think about movie adaptations, I think about this is like a really good adaptation of a book. Maybe not the greatest movie ever, but maybe one of the best adaptations because it really understands the book, but it understands how to make it a movie and not a book movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love it. Score is amazing. The visual effects are top notch like honestly way better than i remember them being like i was really really pissed and one of the vfx studios went bankrupt while making this movie so that's how good it is uh score we already and i maybe i'm repeating myself that was super good but the acting from kids was actually pretty good um i really enjoyed it i kind of reaction to it the first time watching it in my head when i read the books i kind of imagine ender and everyone kind of like my age at whatever point i'm reading the book so at this point it's kind of like a young adult and Watching the movie, it's like hard to th- want a kid to act like a young adult. But this time I was like, remember, it's a kid. Like, and understanding that it was a kid going through it made the acting and the story that much better. So like you, it's, it's, you gotta, if you're like me, you gotta get your brain into the right mode. And that turns out being really, really good. Um, there's a lot of, if you like the book, there's a lot of details that are just like thrown in there where they talk about the Ansible and, and other things. And like, when they talk about the game, I'm like, I want Jane so badly but they just like if you know what it is you know what it is it's not just keep going um <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's a movie that like i i enjoyed it yeah i think i'm gonna be saying that a lot and <laughs> anyway it was great yeah so uh move on to the next section super quick does it live up so i'm the only one here who's seen this movie and i wanted to watch it because i'd seen it uh the reason why is just because i love the books and like i said before i feel like this is a really good adaptation of the book because it is different than the book in the right ways, um, which makes it a good movie, and I wanted to see what they thought of it. So that's why I shared it. But Cade, what were your expectations for it, and did it live up to them? So my expectations for this movie was I wanted to see... There was a point... So in the, when he was at battle school, and he's given his, he's, he has his own command of his team, Team Dragon, and they were surprised like 3 in the morning to have a battle against two teams. And I remember reading... I read comics of this... Um, illustrations of it and I remember that how that fight scene was like one of my favorite favorites it was just super cool and so um, when it came up to that point in the movie I was I, I had high high expectations for that scene because like it was gonna be dope because he they didn't caught off guard they, they were outnumbered and he jumps out and he uses half of his squad as a, as a shield and the other half to get across and it was such a genius idea and so I had high expectations for that and that scene in the movie it lived up. Now there was a different iteration of it. From from what I remember, the movie from from what I from the stories I've read about this about Ender's Game is that when they came out of the tunnel, 
and there were there was a, there was a set of groups that were above their portal that they were individually had their own shield. So the team split up in half. So half of them were shields, half of them were, you know, were fighting. And so that's what I depicted of what was going to happen. But instead, it was just one single one. And so that that was okay because it was still good. And the final the final climax was it it. it it matched my expectations. It didn't exceed it, but it matched it, and I was satisfied. So I, I, I did enjoy that. That was good. Cool. All right, yeah, so overall good. All right, now we're into our next segment, which is Pick Your Poison, and it goes down to four choices, whether you'd never watch this again, you'd wait for a streaming service, and then you'd watch it like, you know, like maybe on your downtime, or rent it, maybe spend a couple of bucks to to watch the movie yourself or to trade up purchase it yourself um i'll go first with that i'd say i would wait in just like a streaming service because it's a good enough movie to where it's a good movie to like pass the time yeah. and i would and i would enjoy the story now would i talk about it to other people and, and quote about it and see how crazy and awesome it is no but I enjoy it watching it as just a movie. It's solid enough of a movie that I would I would do that. All right. Well, my pick my poison right now. I would rent it. Like I would be willing to spend a couple bucks to to watch the movie because I've been given like the very end. And so I and I personally love like the battle school, mm-hmm. reading the books. Yeah. So I would love to see that like in a movie. So I would definitely rent this. Uh, my pick my poison. Uh, because of my love for the Ender's Game story and ender i would buy the movie just because like i really love the story so it i think it really increases my appreciation of the movie um because my love of the book if it was just like a straight up movie and i didn't have the love for the book it'd probably be somewhere in between a streaming service and a rent like most of the time if i was just like scrolling through something and on a streaming service it's like oh ender's game oh yeah i like that like i'll rewatch it you know like if i was wasn't like I was just trying to get something to watch. Like I wasn't searching for something. But maybe every once in a while I'd be in a mood where I'd be willing to pay a few bucks for it. But that'd be like far in between. So somewhere somewhere in between the two for me. Between stream and rent. So uh, yeah. So much better than I thought I was going to rate it originally <laughs> going into this. Uh, yeah. Next segment, just moving right along, is binge points. Uh, which is just Easter eggs and details about the movie. Honestly... Most of them are from the book, and this isn't a podcast about the book. This is a podcast about the movie. As far as binge points in the movie, nah, none. They're all about the. It's all about the book. Like references the the book heavily, and it's in like a good way, like and in a way where it doesn't bog it down. Like it just talks about the answer Ansible, but it just like chucks it out there and leaves it to be. And like if you know what it is, you know what it is. It chucks out. Yeah, it chucks out the hive queen, and if you understand it, you understand all the details. If you don't, it's like okay, that's the hive queen. It like it's speaker for the dead. That's referenced, but okay, th- this is actually one that I think I just I was really really impressed with it that I want to point out. Not so much in Ender's Game, but in the later books, as Ender grows to have a relationship with a hive queen, a uh, formic, he describes her as like incredibly scary and almost creepy, but at the same time like beautiful, and he like sees her as beautiful. And, and loves her, but not in a romantic way, okay. but often describes her beauty. And in this movie, I feel like they did a really good job at making him super creepy and scary, but at the same time, I could understand the level of beauty that someone would see in them. And like, I was like, I don't know if they did that in per- like intentionally, and they really got further into the series and understood how much of a relationship Ender would have with a formic 
Hive Queen, but I thought they did a good job at that, and I was actually really, really impressed with the visual effects team there. Other than that, I don't really have any. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I mean, dude, you fifteen minutes—you don't have any. Come on, dude. Disappointed. Come on, man. There was—I mean, there was a list of in the battle school. There was a list of like every team, and I wanted to pause it and look at each team because I remember that from the book. But that's the reference for the book, not the movie necessarily. So I'm gonna get that as my reference. Oh, it was just really cool for that. Right, there was a few. I looked at my notes. So the first one I really liked is when Ender, as a launchy, goes into the battle room for the first time with zero Gs. There is absolutely no score. It's just like echoey. Him and uh, Major Graf, which is Harrison Ford, talking until he pushes off and he's floating through zero gravity. And then the score picks up. And I was like, whoa, Like that was really... I just thought it was well done. The other thing that I... Uh, actually, two other things is one, when... Everybody finally leaves Bernard's table and goes to Ender's table. The look on Bernard's face, like, really, that's what got my mindset into, like, these are kids. Like, this is just a kid who his whole life has been told it's a game and he has to win. And, like, he just lost in a way he can understand. And he lost all his friends. And, like, it was really good child acting, that one moment. I was like, wow, good job. The other one that I was constantly amazed at, the whole movie, is a huge part of the book and the Ender's Game universe in general is the orientation of gravity and the ability to reorient yourself and how the enemy's gate can be down. And like the way they visually portrayed that constantly throughout the film, I was uh, this is like, if you knew to look for that, it was just so well done. And even in some ways, like you would be disoriented in the way they moved the cameras in and out of entering and exiting gravity. And I just thought it was, it was well done. Uh, there's tons of other details that I'm thinking of now, but we don't have time to go into them. But well, there you go. Yeah. So, no other bench points? Next segment? Yeah, next segment. Cool. That's uh, Least and Likes, which is our least favorite th- scene and our most favorite scene. Uh, Kelton, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, my favorite scene was like the final battle. And my least favorite scene was probably just actually right after when Ender is talking to the general because I have a hard time watching like kids display emotion which I actually think he did a good job but the everyone else like it I I just wasn't sold and I could just be like an over critic right here but oh I agree like Asa Butterfield who plays Ender and then Haley Steinfield they're like the only good ones and then that one moment from Bernard and everybody else is like your kid, like I, you don't know how to. Yeah, it's hard, and that could be me being like closed-minded, but it's just hard for me to watch children act because it's difficult. And I, there have been times when I have been like, oh, okay, that was really good, but the rest, I was just like, I wasn't sold. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, like you feel like they're just a kid, and they don't. Yeah. There, there was there was a point where it was so serious about the movie, and it was. I mean, the majority of them was they were kid actors. And so at, at the point where I had, to just, I, had to, I had to tell myself, okay, I can't look at them as kids anymore. I had to, I had to have to be adults. And so their actions didn't seem so like, you know, not necessarily uncanny valley, but like they're so serious. That they're so serious that they're trying to be so emotional that they don't, they don't, they don't feel Yeah, emotional yeah. Like you, you have to tell yourself that these are kids who have been trained to be adults. Like that's the story. And then you have a kid who is acting to be a kid who's been trained as an adult. And like, if you can get in the right mindset, it, it like the motion, especially from Ace of Butterfield, is really, really good throughout the whole movie. But the first time I watched it, especially that ending scene where he's talking to Graf and he's like, I just killed an entire species. Like, it just didn't hit. I was like, good job for the movie to try and go there, but like, you just missed. Like, 
strike three, you're out. Like, that just did not connect whatsoever. Because it, it, you, you could say that he was just crying and yelling. Yeah, but, like, but this time, it really, like, having my mind in the right mindset, it connected better. So, yeah. Kade, what's your least favorite? My least favorite is that there was no humor. There's no point where you could laugh and like, okay, take a, take a, take, take, take a step back and breathe. Okay, funny, and then jump back into yeah, it. But it was like two hours of seriousness, but then there was, there was point like a lighthearted moment where like they laugh or smile, but then I was like, I want something to be like, something to roast somebody. Because there was a point, okay, never mind. There was one scene that was funny where they were, the guy, the kid that threw up on the oh, yeah. ship, they made fun of him and then Ender roasted the other guy. That was the only scene, and so I wanted some sort of humor of some of some sort, and I, I felt like that would make the, the movie better overall in a lot of different shot, a lot of different places. You get like one, maybe two hits from Harrison Ford, and then other than that, it's just like, and even those are kind of shallow. Other than that, it's just like full steam ahead, you know, <laughs> which is a fitting for the type of story it's telling, but like at the same time, it's kind of exhausting. Almost. Yeah, it's almost exhausting. You're kind of like, I want it to end. Yeah, I agree. You got to, you, you got to, again, you got to be in the right mindset to watch this movie. Like, this isn't Edge of Tomorrow where Transformers, you just throw in and kick back and relax. Like, you got to be in the mindset to watch a heavy movie that is about a child being tricked to commit genocide. Like, that's, that's not, you know, Saturday morning cartoon stuff. That's, <laughs> no. so, yeah, I think that is one of its flaws is like. But it's also one of its strengths. It's a flaw in some moments and a strength in another, I, I would say. But maybe that's just me defending a movie I really like. Uh, my least favorite scene is the scene with him and Valentine on the beach. It just, no matter how many times I watch it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> that just, was a weird scene. We can just, we can just ignore that Can scene. we just, like, like, in the book, it's really good and it really is valuable to Ender's character. And this one, it just doesn't work. So I think it's the character of Val and the dialogue that was written. I just, or the actor. I just don't like it. Don't eat it. <laughs> so, okay. do you have a you have a favorite? I do have a favorite, and it's um, it's the point where they, it's a part of a scene. So the point where they they complete they, they abandon. I forgot that he abandons the transports. So he like he chooses to like, you know, without him realizing, letting people thousands of people die because he needed to, to beat this one, this species, and then he has them do a corkscrew of some sort. It's kind of like a rifle. So they, they can shoot, and I thought that was really cool. This that that whole you kind of you can pause that and that scene right there, yeah. that was dope. I, that was my favorite. My favorite is either that one. I, I have three that I they're all kind of equal. Is that one or the scene where Ender uh, pushes off with Petra and he grabs the two guns and he's spinning in a circle and he's just like, yeah, and cool. then General Graf Harrison Ford smiles. I'm like, I got you, dude. I'm feeling the same thing. <laughs> Or the scene where he's with his team and puts a barrier around a lie and goes through the gate. like, but uh, That one, but actually, sorry, excuse me. Right before that, when they push Bean out and he like swings on the rope. I don't know, the music in that scene I just love. And it really like, oh, cool. it makes the simple act of swinging on a rope through zero gravity that much cooler. So, yeah, yeah that, that's my favorite. Probably that one right there. My favorite scene was just like what Kate said. Just the final battle was just awesome. Just see all the CGI come together for that. So I like it. Okay. All right. And that leads us to our final segment, which will be very quick. Follow in. What do you guys think? Yeah. So it means about this. Obviously, the book's a million times better when it comes to this. Like yeah, head and shoulders above it. Like 
in a in like a very powerful way the book does especially the other books but okay so there's a point where ender beat up that bully and it was a, in, the in the beginning and that was a foreshadowing that he beat him up and kicked, kicked him while he was down because i i could so i'd win all other you know fights every fight so that he wouldn't bother me ever anymore and then when they went and they he destroyed an entire species blew up the, their freaking planet decimated them my first thought was like, you can never justify genocide. No, and I, 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 that, and I think that's what they did really well in betraying in this movie is that you cannot justify genocide, and that there is humanity, you know, there is quote unquote humanity in every species, yeah. which is scientifically scientific fictional philosophy. I could you could say, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can't. It's just everybody has humanity. One thing that I noticed about the story in watching the movie this time is it talks a lot about how Ender, as the third, they needed him to have like the strategic mind of Peter and the brutality of Peter to fight and win, but the empathy of his sister Valentine to understand and think like a formic so he could actually win. And, they, and the only time they ever talked about needing the empathy was so that he could think like a formic only to win. Which is true. Like That's a true thing in strategy. But like I think what made Ender really such a perfect combination of a destructive evil Peter and an incredibly compassionate and empathetic Valentine is that before confrontation, he always tried to diffuse it with talking every single time with Bonzo or Bonzo, however you say it. And um, the bully, I forget the bully's name. Both times he um, first tried to deescalate by talking about it. And like, I feel like that's a much greater strength of empathy and compassion is that is your first attempt. And then you have the strength to brutally destroy them so they never hurt you again if needs be. But, uh, and the other thing that I, I, that I wish the movie did a better job at, particularly in this way, is that like the reason Ender blows up the planet in the book is because he was sick and tired of the training. He was exhausted and he wanted to go home. He thought it was a game and he thought that blowing up the planet was a cheat move that they'd send him home because he cheated. And he's like, I'm going to cheat because I want to go home. It's not because he wanted to win. And he wanted to go home. He was done. And like, that doesn't quite hit the same way in the movie. And it's like, mm-hmm. the poor kid, like, you just want to go home. You're sick of just being controlled by these adults and wasted to your bitter ends. And you just want to go home. And then you find out that you just killed an entire species. Like, well, you're going to wear that for the rest of your life. But Yeah, I mean... Especially when you have the personality to always try and de-escalate it in communication first. Which you can tell Ender was thinking about. It, he valued it. And he was just never given the chance because he was yeah. tricked. And, and it was kind of, it hid the antagonist. Who the, who the true, truly was the antagonist. And it was the, it was, you know, Garf. Harrison Ford. It was him. He was the bad guy. Because he, he said like, I just killed an entire species. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, we won. We won. It's like, that's all you cared about? You're so terrified of of what happened before that you just want to completely decimate zero mercy none zilch gone so and it backfired honestly in my opinion yeah i agree so good movie yeah it it, kind of wrap up it's a good movie that in the right mindset you can really enjoy especially if you're a fan of the series and the book and uh as a lover of sci-fi particularly this type of sci-fi it even though i've seen it multiple times before I was reminded by how much I actually really enjoy it, which my expectations were honestly low. And like, they, I wouldn't say they were exceeded, but they, I was pleasantly surprised about how it lived up to them. 
in a positive way. So there you go. That's that's what I would say. So but uh, yeah, thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast. Sorry, there's a short one. We got to let Kate get out of here. Um, next week, super quick announcement. We are starting back with the MCU Phase 3. We're going to binge through that, finish it up, starting with Captain America Civil War, which we're pretty excited for. Phase 3 has a lot of great movies in it. Really good. I'm excited to get to. Um, and after that, we were just talking about earlier about our plans after the MCU, and we're pretty excited, which we forgot to announce, so I guess I'll just edit it and put it in the announcements. In our preparation for what's coming after the MCU, if you guys could tweet at us at Binge Basement, tweet at us your top 10 favorite movies. It could just be like a screenshot of your letterbox. If you're lazy, just do your favorites. But, but come on, make a top 10 list and send it to <laughs> us. On, and send it, guys. Tweet at us. We would love that. At Binge Basement on Twitter, your top 10 in Letterboxd. We'd love that. Appreciate it. See you guys next week. Ciao, ciao. Dogs. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.